0: In today's fast-paced and interconnected world, it is easy to overlook the significance of our immediate surroundings. However, neighbours play a crucial role, offering support, friendship and a sense of belonging, especially when there are neighbours like the Blue Skies Mutual Eight. Hello, I'm Paige and thank you for joining me on Chizuba Talks as we delve into inspiring stories, expert interviews, and discover the transformative power of humanity. Understanding the importance and building strong connections and fostering a sense of community among neighbors is Jake Close. Welcome to the podcast, Jake.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's such an honour to be here.
0: I loved the line, sometimes you can't wait for the storms to pass, you just have to bring the blue skies. That is a beautiful thought. And I believe you started on April 19, 2022. Was that uh, like an aftermath of COVID?
1: Yes, uh, towards the end of COVID, um, we really saw the need for more community, for more resources. And we saw how fragile the current systems and support systems and networks are that um, supposedly keep our society together. (laughs) And so um, towards the end of COVID is when we really started to come together and ask ourselves, what kind of network can we start that is focused on our neighbors and by neighbors? Um, rather than relying on outside support and infrastructure, supply chains, and other outside organizations.
0: So I think COVID made us realize so many things, right? I mean, it was terrible, but it taught us so much. Now, how do you come together to decide that this is one area of focus that you really need to uh, support people in? Is there a discussion? Is there something that is impromptu? How do you take a decision?
1: So the idea of Blue Skies kind of, I guess, originated from my mind, but it kind of spoke to the need that a lot of us had, starting with my friends and family and reaching out into more people, where people wanted to help, and, but they just didn't know how in our community because there was no vehicle to channel that energy into helping other people, even though the want was there, the vehicle to take their energy, which just did not exist here. Um, There were minor uh, paths that people could have taken through their religious organization or through very small other nonprofits, but no one was coordinating. And Mm -hmm. so we saw a lot of uh, overlap that was uh, unnecessary and caused a lot of inefficiencies in helping people. And so part of what Blue Skies wants to do is kind of be almost like the the community coordinator of nonprofits, right? To kind of uh, put people's energy and passion towards something productive that they can participate in right here in their own neighborhood, and their own block. And uh, there was all these people here in our community that would love to have done something like this five years ago, 10 years ago, but we just mm-hmm. didn't exist then. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so now we... Thanks to the hard work of all of our volunteers, uh, we were able to build something out of nothing in a year and a half. And we've helped uh, about 15 individual clients now, and those include multiple families
0: as well. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, When you say you have helped families, uh, this is with relation to food or is it supplies?
1: Yes. So often our most requested items is uh, just plain old food. So we create these care packages uh, that we fill with food, toilet paper, paper towels, basic hygiene products. And we just go drop them off uh, sometimes within the same hour that we get the request. We try to be as super responsive as possible. Um, And so we're constantly like monitoring our social media, monitoring our email to where we can really be almost like, first responders for poverty almost in a way to where we can have the fastest response time with the most effective response um, as quickly as possible. And that that has also created such a, a good, I guess, reputation for us so far. And so it seems to be working both effectively and uh, from a communications t- standpoint as well. Yeah,
0: that, that is amazing. And when you say toilet paper, it, what comes to mind is the shortage of toilet paper that happened during COVID. And how did you
1: deal with that, in case that? Um, By the time Blue Skies came around, I believe that shortage was mostly gone, Um, so we didn't have too much trouble here. I wasn't sure how how that might have affected other parts of the U.S., but here Uh at least uh, we didn't have to deal with that too much. That's
0: well, that's good, because that was uh, rather funny how everything was. There was a rush. So, uh, do you identify and prioritize uh, needs of people who require financial assistance as well? Uh, and do you raise funds?
1: Right. So we uh, mostly work on a, like a first come, first serve basis. Um, in the future, we do plan on perhaps also doing direct cash payments or anything like that. Um, every single one of our clients so far has been uh, very low income. And so we often uh, help people that are living in buildings with no electricity, no water, no internet access, nothing like that, which is something that uh, people have a hard time imagining in our area. You know, we like to think that we live in a very developed uh, country, in a very developed area, but it's, it's not the true story for everyone here. And it's an important part of our philosophy to let people know that There are people that might be your neighbors that don't have the same luxuries that you do, that uh, are in need of something but might be afraid to ask or embarrassed to ask, and that should not be the culture here. We should be Mm -hmm. able to empathize with our neighbors and empathize with uh, even people that are not our neighbors to say that we are all in this, like, world together. And so, like, uh, after we... Leave this earth. You know what are we leaving behind for others? Are we creating systems and processes that are going to survive beyond us to keep solving these problems and keep new ones from arising? Um, but often we we find that our passion is very much directed towards uh, people that often were turned away from other support services, turned away from government programs because they did not have a permanent address or they didn't speak English as a first language or they didn't have anyone to advocate for them um, or were afraid of law enforcement. And so didn't want to attract attention because of maybe their immigration status or something like that. And so we we often run into very unique situations where it's a first for us. And so we have to learn, but at least we have that opportunity to learn how to better help someone in a particular situation. Wow, you are really,
0: uh, really, uh making sure that people are comfortable comfortable, or even feeling safe in your locality. That is uh, that requires a big heart. Do you have somebody with you to help you out or is it uh, one-man show that you are handling?
1: Um, so we currently have about 10 volunteers. Um, we're divided into five departments. We have uh, the food and donation department, the administration department, the financial department, uh, the shelter and safety department, and the communications department, and so each of those departments has roughly like uh, one to three volunteers each, and so we found that it's the easiest way to divide up our uh, efforts to keep the entire organization running. Um, so some people can focus directly on vo- on working with clients, and others can focus more on the back end of keeping the organization alive and running and thriving, and so. Um, With with those about roughly 10 volunteers, we're able to keep our 501c3 operating uh, transparently and uh, financially stable while still delivering the results that we want to uh, deliver. Um, So even though I'm technically the founder, um, I'm not the owner of anything. (laughs) Uh, We we work uh, like all, every volunteer attends a monthly meeting where we all decide and vote and decide on the direction of the organization together. And that meeting is always open to the public. And we have observers sometimes that show up to just see what's going on and to kind of uh, see what the organization is about. And that's uh, such an amazing thing to me because as far as I know, we're the only organization that does that where our internal decisions are always open to the public and transparent. Uh, And the, public can come in and comment and say hey why don't you guys do this or why haven't y'all mm-hmm. tried this and we can mm-hmm. respond right there instantly and so it's almost um the community manifesting its own help for the community <laughs> in a way yeah, yeah
0: absolutely yeah. it's wonderful isn't it when you have neighbors who are helping out neighbors uh, what more
2: do you want to the community let's take a break to understand what jizuba is Everyone, at some point, ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employees' experience at your organization. Or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision. A vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Chizuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with nonprofit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. Visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba, your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. And when you talk
0: about these volunteers, are these also in the neighborhood or are they coming from elsewhere?
1: So all of our volunteers, uh, besides a few remote volunteers, uh, all reside within Gaines County, uh, which is the primary area that we serve here. Um, we, we have a policy of in-person volunteers uh, being from the West Texas region. And the reason for that preference, uh, it's not a hard and fast rule, but the reason for that preference is they have usually an easier time connecting to the region. Um, we know that they're going to be here for a long time. They can put down roots and they have an easier time building those relationships with the clients if they're from our region, um, building that trust with people that often have felt very left behind. And so that's the reason we have that uh, policy. But we also work a lot with remote volunteers through websites like Catch a Fire uh, and other uh, entities to where we can have maybe a graphic designer or a social media manager or mm-hmm. have different positions that can all be done remotely so we can expand our volunteer pool. And we can have people that work here in person to physically hand care packages to people while someone in perhaps New York or the UK can work on our social media or on a graphic for us. And so it's it's a very unique blend of volunteers that come from all walks of life. We have uh, English, Spanish, and German speakers. Uh, everyone from young uh, high schoolers that are 18 years old that barely came out of school, to grandparents, um, we have every all sorts of diverse people from all sorts of backgrounds. We're in a very kind of unique position in this state of Texas here, where we have a, a pretty diverse town considering how small we are. <laughs> um, the region that we serve is about about 40,000. Um, so compared to other places like Dallas or Houston or other large cities. Uh, it's a pretty pretty small area, so we're able to attract a lot of different talent, uh, a lot of different uh, passionate people from around here and also from across the world that want to help out Blue Skies with whatever expertise that they bring to the table.
0: Absolutely, and Jezuba is one. Uh, I'm sure interesting that you talk about virtual volunteering. Uh, Jezuba is a platform that connects volunteers with nonprofits, so you could take the help of the volunteers at Jezuba as well. Uh, talking of technology, you do you other than social media, is there any other technology or app or some kind of uh, assistance that you take from technology?
1: Um, so we utilize technology a lot through um, a few different programs and apps. Uh, we use WhatsApp to communicate a lot. That's a very popular app here. Um, at least in our area, especially with um, immigrants and German speakers, we have a lot of, actually a huge population of German immigrants in our community. And so uh, with them, they brought uh, a preference for WhatsApp, uh, also a lot from South America, actually, in this area as well. Um, Belize and uh, Colombia, those areas Um And so they they brought a preference for that, and that kind of spread from there. So it's a super popular app. So we use WhatsApp a lot for communication and coordinating our departments. Uh, We use uh, Catchafire to connect with our remote volunteers. Uh, We use, uh, for example, let's say,
0: um,
1: monday.com to organize our internal organization for our task management and our program management and keeping tracks of grants and things like that. And so um, hopefully one of these days we're planning on building our own app that has all of these different functions combined Mm -hmm. for efficiency's sake uh, so that new volunteers don't have to download four different apps in order to volunteer with us uh, on a long-term basis. That's
0: that's great. And lastly, uh, tell us, Jake, is is there a moment or an incident that happened in the one and a half years that you've been working that made you feel especially rewarded? I'm sure every act is rewarding, but is there any one incident that comes to your mind you know, that makes you feel that, yes, I'm doing the right thing?
1: I think the most memorable client that I have ever helped with myself is gonna be a, a single mother whose husband passed away um, quite violently and so she was she was left with a huge pile of medical debt um as well as you know of course the trauma from the event and uh having to raise her her children alone as he was a single uh he was the sole provider for their family and so that that uh, case really sticks in my mind um because it was very early on in the life of blue skies that we encountered that uh, situation and so it was really the first big test of the organization to see can we make a real difference that goes past just a, just uh, care packages and just food and stuff
2: mm-hmm. and see
1: if we can really reorient her life to a more positive direction very quickly. And so what we did there is we, we started a fundraiser and we raised over $4,000 U.S. Dollars for her um, in a very short amount of time to help with her immediate funeral costs and her immediate bills that she had. Um, but we really took it a step further to an area that I was very proud of where myself and another volunteer went with her to the large metropolitan city that is the Odessa Midland region. And we advocated for her uh, to the billing department there to help get her medical bills all erased to the balance was zero. And so oh, um, because amazing. she didn't speak English, she was unable to advocate for herself uh, oh. to those people at that department and so we drove over there with her and met with her and we walked into that building together and we were like hey this is who we're representing and this is uh, what she says that y'all told her that she owes you and we would like to say that that is unacceptable she does not have the resources and that needs to be erased and we were able to be successful with that and that was such a, such a confidence boost for us because we were like, yes. wow, we can really make a huge difference if we just really speak up. If we do something more than just drop off a box and then go back, you know. So it was like, it was a moment that let us know that these large systems and these large things that appear to be normal – are not uh, unslayable giants that we can Mm. conquer things. Even if we might not be the largest organization, we might not have the most volunteers out of everyone. Um, Mm. We might not be, you know, the American Red Cross, or we might not be feeding America, but we can still make a big impact in at least one person's life. And that, that case really stuck with me all of these years and it kind of represents the purpose of why we exist.
0: That is so beautiful. That is just amazing. I'm sure you get a lot of blessings. And I hope you continue to get amazing success with every project, every case that you are helping out with. Jake, thank you so much for sharing your story. I hope this episode brings about some inspiration, some change in people who are listening to this and helps with making the community a better place helping out your neighbors.
1: Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I wish you and everyone else the best. Um, We are always open to communication if anyone ever wants to learn more. And it was such an honor to be on your show.
0: Thank you.